Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot No Questions Asked, Mastering the Art of Intuitive Reading. And I'm also the author of the Tarot Coloring Book. And by the way, I'm your host for this podcast series too. This is episode 191 of Tarot Bites. It's the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is Tarot for Healing. And I've got two special guests, uh, Lisa Robertson and Pamela Chen. Welcome, Lisa. Welcome, Pamela. Thank you for being here today. Hi. Thank you for having us. It's wonderful to be here, Teresa. Well, this is a topic. Uh, I know you've got a book coming out, which we're going to talk about in a in a moment. But I think a lot of a lot of modern tarot readers, you know, no longer look at tarot as just this thing for divination. They are looking at it for so many other things, for spiritual growth, um, creativity, but also for healing. And so um, I think it's really interesting that you have this book coming out because it feels very timely. But I want to begin, first of all, by talking about how your thoughts, your feelings, or your actions might impact your well-being. Before we talk about the tarot slant, what are your thoughts on this? So, um, so actually, when I am feeling a little bit out of it or uncomfortable, or I, as they say, when I'm coming down with a cold or something, I like to say I'm ascending. So I always put it like in a positive way so that we are really focusing on the goal of getting better instead of being stuck in that physical healing moment. Um, I know that it is really hard because you are in your physical body, right? So you're feeling the feelings, you're feeling that uh, physical experience. So when you can just shift your mindset a little bit, it shifts your energy and it actually redirects you to that healing path. You know, I want to say something, too, because with the whole body-mind thing, and you're talking about shifting your, your thoughts to the positive. So when I get really, really angry, and my husband can tell you, not only do I get really violent, let's forget about that part, but I break out in hives all over my body. Have you ever heard of someone doing that? No. Yes. Oh, Lisa has. Yeah. Lisa yeah. has? Yeah. yeah. What do you have to say about that, Lisa? <laughs> One, you might want to do a 30-day liver detox. Um, and two, no, that is, that is a physical reaction to an overactive solar plexus. Um, so it is, it's this internal fire that literally bursts to the surface and you're not alone. I actually had a couple of clients when I had my private healing practice who had similar physical manifestations of their anger. That's so interesting. What other types of like, you know, emotions or thoughts, um, how could it show up in the body? What have you seen? In respect to, in, in respect to what? Because I've actually, I've seen everything. So do you have something in particular you want to focus on? Well, like, for example, like, um, have you seen things like maybe where somebody is stressed out and it shows up in a particular area of the body? Where does it tend to show up? Or if somebody's feeling grief, where does it tend to show up? Do you, do you see any manifestations of that? Yes, all the time, but it's different for everyone. And I think this goes back to what Pam was talking about too. It really does depend on the inner dialogue because every organ in our body, every cell in our body is related to a different kind of um, neurological programming. So it really does come down to, and as I said, Pam can talk to this a little bit with her NLP background, um, but it does come down to how we have coded pain into specific parts of the body from childhood. 
So what happens is, is we create this repeat patterning um, and response. And it's one of the things that we work on in our programs together to try and get a skipped beat in this track. So like uh, Dr- Teresa and I are old enough to remember actual records. Um, and I was there. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, do you remember where they get that? They get a massive scratch on them and like it would it would skip over it. It would skip over it. So that's kind of what we want to do. Like that's what we do with the mind is we want to bring in that big scratch so that we're constantly skipping over that patterning so that we can recode whatever that body issue is, whether it's an organ or say your knee or, you know, joints or pain or whatever it is. So yeah, as I said, I've kind of, saw it all in the 10 years I did private practice and it was always something that neurologically had been programmed into specific parts of the body just due to how we respond as a child and moving upwards. Now you mentioned the NLP and you said that Pamela Pamela uh, might have something to say about this. So Pamela, what is NLP? I mean, my listeners might be thinking, is this a new rock group? What is it? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's um, neurological programming. So what we do is we recode, reprogram the mind and how it relates to your experiences and actions. So like Lisa said, if in the past something happened and you felt a sharp pain on your arm, let's just say, right? Um, If you were sad, but you felt that sharp pain, but you were still kept alive, you were alive. So now your brain thinks, okay, every time you are in danger, I'm going to give you that pain because it kept you alive. So basically it like programmed into your cells, into your muscles, into your mind. So what we do in NLP and one of the tools that Lisa and I love to work with is um, emotional freedom techniques. So EFT, the tapping. So we tap on like the meridian points of your body and we say certain, we call it incantations or affirmations. And what it does, it releases, it releases the emotional body and the physical body. I have used EFT and uh, I find tapping really does help, especially when I'm feeling anxious. Yes. It's yes. very, very good for that. Or even like really, if I'm feeling super negative, I, I mean, to people who are listening, this might sound like, like something really weird. I actually did a podcast a while back with Gala Darling on tapping and tarot. And I've uh, been a fan of hers for quite some time. And that's where I learned about the tapping. And when I'm feeling really negative, I mean, it sounds weird, but you can tap that out of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a yeah. believer in it. So, you know, in your book, your book talks about chakra healing work. Now, mm-hmm. I'm a yoga teacher, so we do a lot of work with chakras. But for people who are listening, um, who might not know, what, what the heck is a chakra? How might you explain that? I think the simplest way to explain the chakra system or the seven main chakras, because there's obviously hundreds of different chakras in the body, but the seven main ones, the one that people most bang on about, are these vibrational energy portals, I guess is the best way to describe it, that run through us because we're not solid, which I know seems contrary to like when you touch yourself, but we're not actually solid. So energy moves through us and it moves through us from like we have an eight feet field. So through the field, through the body and back out into the field. And we all have them. Every sentient being has these. So they're not just specific to humans. We know we we know we've seen them in animals and there's a lot more research going on into even um, 
even microbes in the ocean and their particular vibrational or energetic matrix, which we often refer to as chakras as well. So how can you can how can you assess the condition of your chakras? I know that chakras can get wonky and when they're not operating properly, you know, it can create a disturbance in your energetic field and it can impact your well-being. So how do you assess the condition? Well, I think the best way to, to kind of assess a condition is to understand that we're all walking around with really screwed up chakras. Um, <laughs> in the entire 10 years that I had my private practice, I never once saw a completely aligned, perfectly aligned chakra system. In fact, what I saw was horrifying, scary, and a little sad. Um, so I think it's just, we just go with the base level that we're all pretty screwed up. Um, and then work backwards. So what does work well? Uh, and, then, and then, you know, make a note of that and then think about the other things. And it's one of the reasons I wrote the book because uh, the chakras are very complex and I wanted to put together a, a system that made it a little more expansive and understanding of what each of these seven chakras did, how they actually ruled different aspects of your everyday life. Because I think that's one of the problems we run into in spiritual work is trying to put it back into practicality. Well, what does it mean for my everyday life? What does it mean when, what do my chakras mean when I'm stuck in the queue at the supermarket or trying to post a letter or trying to do my tax forms? I mean, how the hell does that help? Um, so I wanted to try and give this much longer list of how all of this impacts everything we do from the time we get up till the time we go to bed. And I think I managed to do it. The response lets me know I might've done it. Okay. So, you know, I guess that's my test. My, my book is my, my test platform, have my 10 years of private practice paid off. And was I able to do it in a way that is helpful and clear and precise. Yeah, we actually use Lisa's, um, some of the exercises, well, all of the exercises inside one of our programs for our spiritual entrepreneurs. And it really allows them to see in physical form with the tarot cards, what's missing in their business. What are they not connecting to? How are they not showing up or how they should show up? Well, I'd love to talk more about the tarot for that. So what can you tell me about combining tarot with with chakra work um, to really help bring the healing in those various areas. What can you tell me about that? So I used to always work with the cards when I did my clients work because they can't see what I see because I can see energetic matrix fields um, and I can't put somebody behind my own eyeballs. The closest thing that I could get was to lay out some tarot cards and say, all right, here's a visual for you. Um, so that's where it kind of started for me was to be able to give my clients an actual visual map of what was going on in their energetic body. And then again, how it was impacting some of this physical stuff and why it was showing up in certain areas. And we would expand on that sometimes. So like we might actually then go in and doing a spread around their stomach or a spread around the pancreas or a spread around the liver. For you, Teresa, we could do a spread around your hives. Like we literally could just <laughs> do this, do this solar plexus spread and create it around your hives and get a, get a better look. Um, and that was kind of where it snowballed from. And when I knew that I didn't want to do this kind of one-on-one -on -one work anymore. 
I had to think of a way that I could still get this information out to people and allow them to become more empowered in their own healing process. And it was one of my clients. I actually wrote this book just for one person. I wrote this book. Wow. For one, I wrote this book for one of my clients. Um, who was kind of devastated that I was not going to be seeing them anymore. <laughs> so I literally just wrote this book for one person and I wrote it for her and she has bought so many of these books because she hands them out at all of her Reiki attunements. Every time she goes somewhere, she hands people this book. So again, I think I might've gotten some useful information in here. It's, I, I think we did okay with this one. <laughs> you did. There, so there's a, here's a question I have for you. So you said that you use the tarot as a map to show people a visual aid. Does that mean you pick the cards consciously to say, listen, this is what your heart chakra looks, or do you shuffle them and just pick them randomly? There's two approaches, and I have them both in the book. Um, one is to pick a conscious significator card. Um, so let's use your hive example because I think it's a great example. Um, I could actually ask you to pick a tarot card that represents how you actually feel in that moment. Like when that rage boils up, what card is it that most jumps out or most aligns to you? So we would do that consciously. And then we would do the little shuffle intuitive pull for a little narrative around that card and get some additional information. Awesome. That is excellent. So let me ask you both this. Now in your work, what, what chakra do you feel people seems to have the most trouble with? Okay. So I learned this from Lisa, right? So the most important thing is your bottom three chakras. So if you can't get the root, the sacra, or the solar plexus connected and stable, then it doesn't matter what else you do. So a lot of our clients are into magic, spiritual intuition, and so they keep working on their third eye and crown. They keep working on it, but it's so big that it's so unbalanced <laughs> that they're all screwed up anyway. They're like, we can't manifest. We can't do this. And then when we go in and look at the root and we're like, yeah, because you're not connected. There is no connection there. Yeah. That is so interesting because I've got to tell you, when I've done work with people too, they're always, they're all about that third eye. They all yeah. want to get into that third eye. They want to be psychic. And I always want to say, why do you want to be psychic? Do you know how hard it is walking around with that third eye open all the time? It's actually very difficult. What do you have to say about that, Lisa? In 10 years, I only saw one person who had a functioning root chakra. Wow. Um, so I think that's not just for the clients that we see, that's just for the general population. Um, and when we think about what that chakra does, it's the center of safety, the center of security, the center of stability. When we think about those three key areas that we're all really focused on most of the time, right? Our safety, our security, our stability. Um, it's no wonder that so many people have problems in that bottom chakra. But as Pam said, the majority of our work with our students is what we call that lower triangle. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, that's the root, the sacral and the solar plexus. So it's, it's, these are the chakras that deal with your earth incarnation. So they are specifically for being here in a physical world, in a physical body. The top three and we'll, the heart's a mediator between them. But the top three is the vibrational, celestial, higher self part. 
So it's interesting that we often see this split that people really want to stay with their higher self and don't want to deal with what is going on here, which is what the bottom triangle deals with. The bottom triangle deals with all of this, all of it, everything you can touch, smell, taste, feel, hear, or see. So the entire physical experience is the bottom triangle. But yeah, everyone, everyone wants to be up here. And I'm like, why? That's what happens when you die. Like, don't, yeah. don't you, don't you want to yeah. be here? Yeah. And I think adding to that, if you work on the root, because you're so supported, if you feel safe and you feel secure that you don't need to be psychic anymore. You don't need that. You don't need to be all knowing because you, you feel like you know, you already know. And so you can naturally work on your gifts. So I had a healer once tell me that my second chakra, the sacral chakra, was way too open, and I was having too much fun playing around with that. So <laughs> I love to eat and other things. But I mean, what, what do you do if a chakra is so open like that, that, I mean, I, at the time, I didn't think, I, I thought I was having a good time. I didn't see it as a problem, but she saw it as a problem. So what are your thoughts on that? Um. Because I don't look at something that's overly open, I look at either overactive energy or underacting energy. So I can't really talk to that because I don't know how she defined too open. Well, maybe um, she meant overactive. If a chakra is overactive, it's actually doing destructive work to the rest of your vibrational body. Um, it doesn't sound like that's what was going on with you per se, but you would know if you have an overactive second chakra, then you're prone to melancholy, uh, depression. It's very hard to get your thoughts out of the past, um, procrastination, lack of motivation. It tends to block energy moving into the solar plex, uh, into the uh, solar plexus, which means that uh, clients with this overactive, um, overactive uh, second chakra can also end up getting like an overactive third chakra, which then can cause to uh, an increase in stomach acid, ulcers, um, all sorts of complications. And again, it pushes energy back down into the root chakra, which would really cause depression. So most of my clients who have had depression. Um, have had either a too open or a too closed mm. second chakra. Um, I've never had anyone who was so ridiculously happy that we saw that as a problem in, in the second chakra. <laughs> I think my, my appetite for destruction is where she was seeing that because I love to do all the decadent, really super indulgent stuff. And I've, I got to watch that. <laughs> then that's actually, I would actually say that's a third chakra issue, not a Ooh. second chakra issue, because the second chakra really is about uh, our, it's memory for one. Memory is a big thing in the second mm -hmm. chakra. Our ability to rebirth, to constantly be giving birth or rebirthing or recycling energy, um, you know, it stabilizes the emotional body. So anything that has an addictive quality, me personally, addiction, I always relate to that to the third chakra. Interesting. So what about you all? Have you ever had a situation where the chakra went totally like off base and you had to do some healing work? 
yeah, right now, my, oh. <laughs> my route is ascending right now. And I think it's just because um, Lisa and I have made a lot of good changes in our business, which is amazing. But every time we kind of level up to the next level and expand, um, my route, my route kind of like blows. It's the same, it's the same symptom. So we know, but this time around, it was actually not as bad because I think I've been working on it constantly. I've been paying attention to it. So this time it's not as bad, but we know it's there. But I'm so when you, when you up level, that's very interesting to me because I've been, you know, doing a lot of my own studying around when I up level, what do they say? Uh, new levels, new devils. <laughs> and so when you're up leveling, you really find at your root. Do you think it's like trying to pull you back to a safe zone? Do you think it's the fear about going to that next big level that brings that stuff on? I mean, that's fascinating to me. I think it is because actually in our reading, remember we were talking about my job that I was going to quit. So I don't think any of my bosses are going to be hearing this, but I think I really am going to quit. And that's like safety, right? Yes. Yeah. I I really don't need it, but it's just like, oh, you know. (laughs) I totally get that. I mean, every time I make a business change, I know that I end up with all kinds of anxiety and then everything works out. And so I get myself worked up into a dither. And of course, I'm going to say I go right away to the third chakra actions, cake, 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 cake. cake. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I know that, that, that it shows up definitely when I go up another level that I suddenly find myself getting completely whacked, which it shouldn't be like that. We should be celebrating that. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah. So what are some other modalities that you think people could use alongside tarot for healing work? What are your other favorites? We mentioned EFT, NLP, anything else? So it's kind of like NLP, but it's called timeline drop. So what we do is we go into your subconscious and we take your goal and we kind of drop it into your future timeline. So it's already in your subconscious so that from that goal, from the future to the present, there really is no more blockages or resistance because you are, it's already there. So you kind of convince your subconscious mind that, hey, I'm comfortable here. This is already my goal. So Lisa really loves that one when we do it in our courses. She like gets into it. <laughs> that sounds very cool. Do you also, this is, um, before we talk about your book, I have one other question. Are there any precautions that you think people should have if they're doing healing work with tarot and chakras and all these different modalities, any cautions that you think people need to know about? I think they just need to understand that they need, it's, they have to take full responsibility for everything that does come up. It's one of the fundamental rules we have in our training programs that we really hammer into the students that everything that bubbles up, you are your own healer, regardless of whether you have someone else facilitating um, a modality for you. It's, it's all you, it's all you. So you, there has to be this level of accountability. Um, You program the crap in, you're going to be responsible for programming the crap out. (laughs) I love that. And I think that's so important because, you know, oftentimes I think people, we go through lives And we assume that life just happened to us and things just happened to us. And we don't, I mean, that's very convenient instead of taking the responsibility and taking our power back to play the victim. So that's, that's really great advice. So tell me about the new book, Tarot Healer. Tell me about this, this, these courses you all are doing. (laughs) All right. Well, let's start with the book and then Pam can end with the courses. Um, 
So I already talked about how I wrote this book for one client and one client only, but this book actually came about and I don't know, I think Llewellyn might be a little careful next time they send me to a conference. Um, This book came about because (laughs) Barbara popped into my email one day and said, wow, nobody's seen you in a long time. Do you think you might be able to do, go to at least one conference this year? And I was like, well, you know, it's not really on my schedule, but I don't know, I guess I can move some stuff around. Um, And so Pam said, well, I want to come with you. So we went up to the Northwest Terror Symposium last year. And I'm sitting there at lunchtime and I don't know, Barbara, there's Barbara Moore, there's Mary Greer, and there's a couple of other people sitting at this table. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't actually, no, I don't think you were there. Um, And (laughs) I look up and I said to Barbara, holy crap, I have a hole in my publishing funnel. And of course, everyone at the table is just like, what the hell is she talking about? And Barbara's like, oh, that's all right. I said, no, it's not. And, um, She's like, no, it'll be fine. I'm like, no, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't have a gap in my, in my funnel. I've got to, I've got to like get a book out. I said, what is the shortest possible time we could do a book and still fill that gap? At which point Mary Greer put up her head and went, what? (laughs) (laughs) I love Mary. (laughs) (laughs) So Barbara gave me the deadlines, like how we'd have to do this in order to get a book in rotation before like so that I could so there was no gap so that I would have this continual uh funnel coming out because I'm obsessed with my uh publishing funnel like it is it is my career so it is something I've always got my eye on I always know my publishing schedule I always know when my projects drop and I was actually horrified that I hadn't seen this gap so after she gave me all the parameters for time I um I went back up to my room and I just started writing some notes and I'm sitting there and I'm like, none of this is going to work. This, 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 no. And so I screwed everything up and I'm just standing in the hotel room by myself and I'm looking out the windows and, you know, I work with a lot with Archangel Uriel and he comes in and he goes, he just kind of slaps me on the back of the head, says, write what you know. And I said, yeah, but I've been doing that. That's what, and he goes, it hit me again. No, write what you know. He says, sit down. I'm going to put it, push it through you. So we mapped out the entire uh, extended table of contents right there in between sessions. And I went home after the conference and I had the proposal in the week, the next week. Wow. And we wrote, I wrote this book in... Uh, this book went from idea to finished manuscript in three and a half months. Wow. That is crazy. <laughs> so it, obviously it was meant to be. It was meant you know, to be. sometimes it's like that where the, um, the information just comes and it spills out of you. Uh, it's kind of like I say when I do a reading, it's like ticker tape. And you know you're plugged in then. So that is amazing. And so tell me about the courses, Pamela. All right. So currently we are actually in a course. So it's our high vibe witchery 30 day program. So in this program is where we prep our students for success. So we work, we do go into the Akashic records, which is an Akashic realm. It's the same space and time as where we are now, but we do rewrite our soul contracts in there. So we do go up for each area of our life. 
because we have four weeks and every week we work with a different area and a different celestial being. So we work with the unicorns, the mermaids, the angels, well, the angels oversee it all, the dragons and the fairies. So it's a really, it's a really fun course, but it does create, you know, deep transformations and healing. We don't work with the chakras there because we're just really prepping them with the energy. We want to get them ready. And then what most of the students actually move on to our high magic package certification course, which is also our spiritual business course. So we're seeing a lot of leaders willing or like they're, they're being called to step out right now to share their magic, to share their business, but they don't know, they don't know how because they do readings, they do all this magic or they want to learn more magic, but they don't know how to put it in a business that doesn't have them like going into other people's inboxes and messaging them cold call. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So we created, um, actually it's really what we do. So we're just sharing what we do in our business course. And we also share the six modalities. I know you asked us before, the six modalities that we really love to work with that we've seen transformation in our clients. So the first one is divination. So they do learn how to connect with their intuition. We actually do teach tarot in there because it's part of the whole course and um, reading auras, feeling the aura. And then we kind of layered it on. So they continue working with their intuition throughout the whole course. And then the second one is channeling. If you haven't heard Lisa channeled yet, it's really, it's really cool. But we teach them how to either be a vessel and channel, you know, a celestial guide or their guides, or like channeling, like automatic writing, automatic, automatic writing for your book, for your deck, for your copies, right? For your posts. And then we have our lunarology modality, which is working with the moon. So the moon magic. So Lisa actually created this part too. It's not really like manifesting with the new moon, but more like um, moon in devotional work. Ah. So we have the dark goddess, the light goddess that we do create an altar for and so on. And then we have the crystal magic, crystal witch practitioner, which is me teaching about crystal magic, how to activate your crystals, how to program them. We do crystal grids. It's a lot of fun. We do pendulums. And then as you can see, we'll have them practice throughout the course. So they're using pendulums with tarot decks for readings, right? For their clients. They're they're using channeling and tarot decks for their readings. So they kind of add to it. And then the last two is the EFT. So Lisa teaches them how to intuitive tap and we teach them how to create a script for themselves and for their clients, how to lead them through this um, transformation and what, you know, bridging, bridging what they're tapping out to what they're tapping in. So there is a, there is a structure for it. And Lisa and I also do the tapping in tarot because it's really, it's really fun. That's when um, we teach them how to do that. How can you translate your tarot into the tapping for a group and not just the individual? And then the last one is Akashic Records Practitioner. So this is, we teach them how to take themselves up or their clients up into the Akashic Records. And we actually go to the Akashic Records HR and you figure out what your job, as we call it, your mission is in the records. Because there are so many things that you can do in the records. You could be a reader. You could be a healer. I think we had a gardener. You can activate stuff in there. Um, there was someone that helped people transition from death, 
right? I think one of our students recently, or um, maybe speak to the uh, death transitioning or something like that. That was her job. So I thought that part was really fun. And almost all our students had a different job this round. Yeah. Well, it sounds like what you are creating is this really comprehensive healing, divination, magic, tarot course. And there's a lot there for everybody. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And that's just the fun part. There's also a business component to that, which is all chakra based. Um, so we do, we actually seed businesses into the seven chakras. So we actually do an entire chakra repatterning for your business um, and we build it up as we go along. So there's a whole business uh, energy side of that as well. Well, you got my attention. That's something that sounds like it'd be right up my alley. So I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> so where can people find you if they want to work with you and, and where can they get the book? So we are on Instagram. So I'm Pamela Unicorn. Lisa is Cells, Potions, Books, Tarot. And we are mostly on Instagram or you come join our Enchant group on Facebook. And Lisa, your book. Pretty much everywhere, I guess. Um, yeah, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Amazon, Llewellyn. Llewellyn. <laughs> I don't know where it is outside of the country. I think it's on Waterstones. If you're in the UK, look for. Uh, you might have to ask at Dimmicks if you're in Australia. Um, so always ask your book people. You know if they have it, your major bookstores because distribution, global distribution for English language rights. I know you should be able to get it. Yeah, and of course, I'd like to remind people, too, to make sure that you reach out to your local booksellers and the independent bookstores and ask them to carry the book. You know, sometimes they need to know. The metaphysical sections are often really tiny. So if we call our locals and say, hey, I want Tarot Healer in there, I want to I want to get a copy of that, I think that helps the um, booksellers know that metaphysical stuff is in, and I also think it helps authors. So I like encouraging people to do that too. I want to thank you both so much for this amazing conversation uh, and for spending time with me today. Uh, so thank you both. Yeah. You're thank welcome. you for having us on. All right, people, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. You can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons. I've got lots of books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and so many other good things for you to scope out. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And hey, if you're digging the podcast, do me a favor. Get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember, that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.